0: This is Tall Boy Radio. Each week, your hosts, Beans, Gaz and Andy, grab a beer and discuss our topic of the week. We try to keep things uncomplicated. The premise for this podcast is as simple as we are. Not only can you listen to us wherever good podcasts are found, you can also watch us. Just search Tall Boy Radio on YouTube. If you have a story and want to feature on the show, drop us an email at tbrpodcast at hotmail.com. Or leave us a comment on social media, at Tallboy Radio on Twitter and Facebook, and at Tallboy Radio Podcast on Instagram. Or leave us a message via the Anchor app, which we can play on the show. This is a Beanstalk Stuff production. Anyway, the show is about to start, so go grab yourself a cold one, sit back and Enjoy.
1: Hello and welcome back to Tallboy Radio. Uh, today we're on episode 67, uh, Sporting Heroes. Before we talk about what we're going
2: to talk about, we'll uh, do the introduction. So, Gaz, do you want to go first? Um, yeah, hi guys, looking forward to this again. Um, love me sport, those people that know me, I could talk about sport forever, pretty much so. I'm really, really, really looking forward to this. Interested to see who the other two guys um, talk about Um tonight i'm drinking a pretty standard um sort of birra moretti love a bit birra moretti and just in case um that one runs out i've then got a sort of a, a san miguel as well out of as always with myself a tbr podcast piece of smoke full, full to the brim absolutely um <laughs> so yeah looking forward to this and then um, see when it goes cool lad nice one, nice one well
0: I have, like I said, when I visited Eam, I picked up many, many beers from their brewery and I've not had one for a while, so I'm back on the Eam Brewery trail. And this week it is one called Black Death, if that doesn't sound enticing, I don't know what does. And it is a Imperial Stout. Well, I was
2: going to say it has to be a stout, surely, with with a name like that.
0: (laughs) Absolutely, yeah, 7%. And it's, it's a vanilla one. I have to say, the vanilla isn't too strong, but... It's actually a pretty decent stout, actually. It's really tasty. It doesn't feel like a 7 percenter, But I just want to chuck in a quick apology before we go on, because my sound quality over the last couple of weeks hasn't been great. As we discovered last week, the microphone wasn't actually connected. I was using the one that's built into my headphones. And we discovered that in a rather unusual fashion, didn't we? If you've ever seen Naked Gun, the bit where... Frank Drebin's in the, you know, giving the press conference about the Queen coming to visit. You don't know what we're talking about.
2: Yeah. And if you don't, basically, i went not went for piss. <laughs> Classic yeah. beans. Yeah. <laughs> Classic Sh- beans. Shared with everybody. <laughs> Andy, got there. What are uh, you drinking, pal?
1: You'll be surprised about this. I'm on Stella. What? Um so, Wow. So basically, I, I bought a load in over Christmas for um, Mrs. Stepdad coming over. I thought, oh, we'll, we'll smash these. Didn't drink any. <laughs> and then I thought, well, <laughs> one of our neighbours helped to take this, uh, our old TV aerial down. So I was like, yes, let's get a few Stellas in the fridge and I'll give them all these Stellas. Didn't want any to do. <laughs> so, I, think, I think we had like a Stellar over the fence together and that was it. And I was like... Fucking ass, I've got to drink this crap, crap now. <laughs> <laughs> and don't be wrong, I, I love Stella off the tap. It's it's all right, but Yeah. Yes, yeah, not so good out of a bottle.
2: No, now, it's,
1: now it's four months old as
2: well. It's weird because like <laughs> Stella and Peroni, I don't I don't mind the but bottles I'm not a massive fan. I'll drink them draft and stuff, but I'm not a massive fan of the bottles, I have to admit. So yeah. Must be uh-huh. temperature and fizziness. Yeah. Because these are yeah.
1: yeah, not too good. So we'll we'll move on from that. <laughs> uh So today's episode Sporting Heroes. So we've each got three and we'll briefly talk about each one. What I would think in then, maybe we just talk about any special mentions of people that aren't on the list, but so we'll go backwards. Okay. So I've I've got four people that were quite close to being on my list. and I thought no, I can't I'll stick these other ones on there. Uh, so I don't know if you guys have got any people like that as well.
2: I've got a notable I, I those people that know me uh, obviously they, they know that this is, I've played sport for for years play still play a lot of golf um so tiger woods for me he, he wasn't a hero of mine when I was growing up because he wasn't around obviously um however the influence that he's had on my sport is phenomenal really um so he he, he would be one that would get like a, effectively an honorable mention and I think if I'd have been a little bit younger And I started playing golf there's only really one person you can look at in terms of being a hero and that's Tiger Woods and I know he's had some 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 troubles and stuff in his life but you look at all the sorts of yeah I say sporting geniuses you look at Alex Higgins you can look at John McEnroe you can look at um you know lots lots of sort of Ronnie O'Sullivan those you know you've got those magicians George Best people like that you know so everybody has their own demon and stuff but Tiger Woods I think for me Gets an honourable mention without a shadow of a doubt. I think it was
1: inevitable for him to have some demons it? Playing golf on this since being four years old and yeah.
2: thrust into the limelight quite. A yeah, and I think that's it. You're you're thrust into the limelight. You're you're away from your family. You know you're on the road for god knows how many weeks of the year. You know you've got all that fame, all that adulation. You've got all your fake friends, false friends that are saying, "Oh, Tiger, sign this. Tiger, sign that." You know, endorse this, endorse that, and. Sponsor this and all that, so I think it's inevitable you, you get some sort of demons along the way. Um, but what what he did, and he he basically changed golf. He changed the way golf was being played. And you know, for somebody who plays the game, it, it, he was a genius and still is. Arguably greatest of all time. Jack Nicklaus might have something to say about that. But um, yeah, he, so he gets an honourable mention. But he's not he's not one of my mine on the list. So. Not being a golf person, I mean, I must admit, I think he
1: sort of um, modernised the game, didn't he? Because it's more in the news, well, maybe more on social yeah, media. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, no, 100%,
2: Andy. He 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 brought, effective golf sort of to the masses and he changed the way that it was played. He he was one of the first guys to get into the Jimmy Bulk talk. He, he became a, an athlete as opposed to back in the 70s sort of thing, 80s. You've you got guys that perhaps weren't in the best shape and they actually... Tiger Woods was one of the first guys that actually introduced. You know what? I'm an athlete, so therefore, I need, if I can sort my body out and get my body pretty ripped, and I'm, I, I can increase how far I hit it. I can do things other players can't, and he revolutionised. Now the likes of McIlroy and Dusty Johnson, all the top guys, at the moment. you know, they they effectively model what they do on him. So, you know, yeah, brilliant, um, massive, massive influence on the sport that I I obviously play a lot of now. So. He he was he's he definitely is is isn't if there was gonna be a, a number one honourable mention, it would have been him. So nice. I see you already
1: with one lined up, uh, Ad.
0: No, I have no actually to you. I there was a couple that I could have put in, but I'll mention those because I yeah, anybody who knows me knows I there's two teams I support. So there was a couple of options from those teams and I'll mention those when we, we talk about the different players as to why I put that one ahead of the other and let you dispute me and tell me why I'm wrong a couple of ones that I mentioned actually I thought off literally just off the hop there you know I'm a big darts fan so the likes of MVG and Phil Taylor Phil Taylor is literally one everything and almost a perfectionist when you watch him when he when, when he had the Mick on him with you know somebody had him against the ropes you know he could up his game and take that average a little bit higher and MVG just for the, shape, the the same sort of thing that that perfection. And the only other one growing up that I can think of, Mike Tyson. What's your Mike Tyson box? For me, I, you know, I used to enjoy boxing back in the day. And he was one of those boxers that I, I just loved to watch because you just felt he was never going to be beaten. Obviously, we know subsequently he did. And he again, when you talk about Tiger Woods' his demons, he's someone yeah, nice else, yeah, yeah, absolutely. He had, he
2: had his demons, didn't uh, he? I, I, but, I remember, you see, Tyson doesn't get on my list but it's somebody who and pre pre pay-per-view times you know he would be always somebody that you'd be like I want to watch that fight I want to watch that fight basically because you think I wonder how long it'll take for Tyson to destroy this bloke you know is he going to last the first round type thing but you know he, he absolutely was was somebody who you wanted to watch and I, and I remember the the sort of Backlash when he got beat was it Buster Douglas, James Buster Douglas beat him, and it was like, oh my god, the fight must have been fixed. How much money has been put on it? And da 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 And you were like, jeepers! I um, actually think about you know Lennox Lewis again was he was he he was pretty underrated. I mean, I think he was undisputed heavyweight champion at one point. He's massively underrated. Decent, decent boxer. Yeah. Great. So again, he, 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 he again he obviously doesn't get get on the list, but he would be one that. Growing up again, you'd always watch it and, and stuff. So if I mean if you jump on YouTube though and you watch like
0: Tyson's best knockouts, it's ridiculous. Mm. You know, that that guy really, really dealt out some pain. I like you know, I briefly, briefly got to see him on my 40th birthday. Sat there in <laughs> Vegas sat there in Vegas um in the Miracle Mile shops. We were eating lunch and Kim just casually says, Oh, look, there's that boxer with a tattoo on his face, and you're like, yeah whatever and all of a sudden it's like holy shit Mike Tyson stood about 10 feet in front of me I tripped over a chair trying to get to him and by the time I was around there his, his minder had taken him away because he'd been spotted he was at a sunglasses stand and obviously there was, there was a swarm of us probably more concerned by my clumsiness to, to be fair more than anything else <laughs>
2: Mike Tyson's walking past and everyone's like look at that <laughs> <Tyson's>, <laughs> just literally <laughs> sidling away off the side it,
0: yeah I, I was his last knockdown <laughs> <laughs>
2: the phantom puncher knocked Adam over you know what I mean just so he could get away <laughs> brilliant
1: absolutely brilliant uh, T- Tyson was a bit before my time but on, on YouTube there is a mini documentary some guy's done and it shows like all his fights through the years and his, his movement is just, so fast and yeah. like powerful like, it's, oh, it's, un- it's unbelievable but... his punches is ridiculous I, I don't
0: think there's been a better puncher a stronger puncher in the history yeah. of boxing than him It's I just think... it was un-
2: incredible incredible I remember the, the infamous obviously biting of Evander Holyfield's ear and I remember that. I remember watching that and and I sort of remember thinking like what's he done? Like like seriously, like and was that you know, was that a throwback to his bad old days when he was brawling on the streets of Brooklyn or wherever it was, you know, and you think, is that what he would resort to if he knew he was effectively I say gonna lose the fight? But He'd sort of thrown quite a bit at Holyfield, and I'm not saying wasn't getting anywhere, but I think we're possibly losing the fight. And I think maybe that's gone through his mind. He's like, "Right, what can I do to even the odds? I don't know I'll bite off his ear off." <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just one of those real feral, instinctive, sort of really back in the day that sort of survival mode instinct to just literally just do what you can to to get one over. The guy you're fighting, effectively, you know, that real primeval sort of thing. So, and I and I remember that. And at least I remember him sort of effectively spitting out the bit of the ear. And then I remember that afterwards there was a still photo of like the canvas floor, like, part of all of ears feels yeah. he's on the floor. He's just like, really? It was no small bit of ear, was it? No, no, <laughs> no, it's it awful. But, but yeah, you, you look at a montage of his knockouts, you're like, holy, like, holy crap. Sort of thing. But even now you look at him, and I don't know how old he is. 55, 60, however old he is now. He can still move, that guy. He can proper still move, I'm telling you. Well,
0: you got out of the Miracle Mile shops pretty quick, I'll tell you that for free.
2: <laughs> didn't want any piece of that six foot <laughs> five months. did coming at him. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: there's one,
1: one person on my list um, I, I was really told not to on was Michael Jordan. Yeah, and obviously he's like world-renowned and
2: revolutionised trainer. List, I, I thought um, he might be on your list as well. And, and again, he's one that I'm. A, I was, you know, growing up, I was a massive American sports fan. Still am, really. But back in the day, you know, Chicago has always been my American city, and you know, it's my kind of town. Um, and he was one that again, I was probably a little bit too old for him to be like a real hero of mine, but. He falls into that Tiger Woods category in terms of, like I was a massive Bulls fan, and to watch him and Scotty Pippen, and then you know B.J. Armstrong and Tony Kukoc, and that that sort of era of that, and, and and you just think, wow, like Dennis Rodman obviously came on was it for the three P or whatever, and you just thought like, again the influence that he had. I'm pretty sure that he was the first, was he the first billion dollar sport sportsman in terms of the, the the amount that he added to an economy i'm sure they said that because of his nike nike air stuff he added a billion dollars to the american market or something or other i vaguely remember reading that somewhere um yeah, but so yeah silly. i'm surprised he's not on your list if i'm honest andy i've gone for a younger player <laughs> it's a bit more because okay uh jordan
1: was more 80s sort of 90s well, I I've reckon I might it.
2: know you've gone for them, but I'll yeah, leave man. that for you, obviously. But... I think you'll be surprised. I'll, oh, I'll really? Oh, OK. Yeah.
0: I, I read an autobiography um, about... It was, it was Rudy Tomjanovic, actually, another basketball player. Yeah. And I forget who he went on to manage, but he turned down signing Michael Jordan because Michael Jordan lied about his height. Oh,
1: Jordan okay.
0: Jordan claimed he was six seven, but he wasn't. He was six four, And it's something I was amazed when I stood next to his... Um, I went to a, a Madame Two Swords in America, and I stood next to his his wax dummy, and I was taller than it. It was like, oh, they've got this one wrong. I can't have yeah. been taller than Jordan. That's ridiculous. Don't get me wrong; I'm pretty sure he could jump higher than me. Without that goes without saying. But yeah, that, that I find that crazy. that I was taller than the guy. I'm not questioning his basketball there. I'm not going to say I'm bad. That <laughs> you know. <that'd> be... <laughs> the
2: thing is, though, again, you I've said the NBA. You know, even the small guys are tall, aren't. They? You know, you've only got is it Mugsy Bogues or everything is, at five foot. Five or however tall he was, or you know, other than that, you know, even the small guys, the point guards are like six one, six two, and you're like, oh, okay, fair enough sort of thing. <laughs> um but yeah, I'm 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 I, I reckon I might well I say I might know who you've gone for, Andy. Yeah, that might be a bit of a shot. I'm trying to there's a couple of names that spring to mind, but obviously we'll 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 leave that till we get there. Um look going back to what Adam mentioned earlier, obviously people know I am a I'm an Everton fan if you sat am wearing the top. Um the eighties side and I could probably go through it, um, but I won't and I won't bore you with it. But the eighties the Eighties Ever- side w- was class. Um and and actually pop- possibly the, the the sort of the, the high school thing had a massive impact on Everton just in terms of we got back, I say we you, English clubs got banned from Europe, didn't they? And we were mm-hmm. we were reigning They've won champions. We've been, I think, we would have won the FA Cup. or got to final that year, and we would have been in Europe for a number of years, you know. And obviously, that the school thing happened, and English clubs got banned, and that sort of robbed us a little bit of, of I'm not saying European legacy as such, but it just when the money was coming into the sport, it, not only the English clubs could start of playing it, but, but that 80 side of. Mountfield, Ratcliffe, Stevens, Reid, Bracewell, Sharp, you know, Lineker for a season before he went to Barca, Neville, big Neville in goal, you know, just like Kevin Sheedy on the left, who had a wonderful left foot, magician on the left side. Um, so they, they would all get an honourable mention for me, because obviously I, I love Everton and they were the team that I, I grew up watching, so they would all get one to eleven. They would all get honourable mentions into the heroes for me, but obviously I can't mention a team, so um but yeah they 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 those for, for me were if I had to pick one probably probably Peter Reed in the middle of the midfield, proper Tiger, sort of just epitomized just like what Everton were all about, really. So but yeah, that, that team was, was mint. And I'm pretty sure that Ad's gonna mention a few from a team that he likes as well. So I'm gonna put the whole team for me, but they don't make my list, obviously. It's a team and not an individual, so it's a good job we're going for three people then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It a long episodes. <laughs> it would be yeah, give me another Kevin Spacey special. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so number one, Neville Southall. Number two, Gary Stevens. Etc. 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 I literally could go through them all sort of thing, but I won't. So cool.
1: So I suppose now we've we've done the, the teasing out of the way, should we just should we go from number one on our list? I don't know. we are not I've not really ordered mine. I've just gone one, two, three. Um, but yeah, I'll let Gaz go first. If you want to choose I'll one of your choo-
2: sporting heroes. Right. So I'm going to go, I'll go reverse order. And, and I'm going to mention number four, number three, because it literally could be take your pick. Uh, and ironically, Adam mentioned, <laughs> he doesn't know many table tennis players and, I growing up I literally I played like like five times a week, six times a week. I would play Monday night local league, I'd train on a Tuesday, Wednesday night I play Potter's League, Thursday night I'd have training, weekends I'd be off at a competition somewhere. Did okay, got nationally ranked and stuff, and that was probably my main sport really. So there's a guy called Desmond Douglas who was he was an England international. He he was top top player. I don't think he got up to world number one, but he certainly got into top top ten. He was left-handed, I'm left-handed. Loved everything about him, quick counter attacking player, fantastically gifted, talented player. So, he, he, him growing up, I literally, I say, idolized him. I tried to base my game on what he did. Um, he was obviously he beat, uh, Forrest Gump. Uh. <laughs> whether he beat, to be fair, I'm not sure Desmond Douglas has met the um, the, the president of, of, of again. Um, but, yeah, may, may, maybe not. And he's definitely toured China and wherever Desmond Douglas has over a number of years. But, yeah, he him, him growing up was... I played, I mean, I don't tell you, probably from school days, you know, I played a lot of tail tennis back in the day, a lot. Um, that's probably where my back problems come from now. But, I like, and, and he was, yeah, i say he was England number one for years and, and sort of carried the flag, really. Um, so he was number four and number three and Adam will know, I won't go with this, and I'll just give you his nickname, was Sweetness, um, uh, so it was, yeah. was sort of Walter Payne, because effectively, I started watching NFL, and I was like, who's this guy? Like, like I started watching it, and really before I started supporting the Bears, I remember watching a game, and I saw him, and I was like, oh, who's he play? You know, And I saw him, and I thought, Who, who's that guy? Who does he play for? And he played for the Bears, and I was like, right, that's why I'm going to support them. Do you know what I mean? And Sweetness was... Just brilliant, held and loads of NFL records, number of rushing yards and all of that. Um actually three for eight touchdowns, which I didn't realise. Um so hit him, Walter Payton for me, and, and I remember a quote Mike Ditka said he's 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 the greatest player he's ever seen, but also the greatest person he's ever worked with. And that talks a lot about what he was like as a person. I know they do the, the Walter Page Walter Payton Foundation and they do the Walter Payton sort of um, Unsung Hero Award, and they do lots of community stuff, and it's named after him because of the work that he did. Um, so it, he got, to, he was my number three. It was a toss between Desmond Douglas and, and Walter Payne, but probably Walter Payne just because I was just getting into that NFL watching the American sports sort of thing, and he was, he was obviously the main guy from the team that I support. So, yeah, so he was my number three. Um, I've got to
0: say, to be honest, the, the first chap I've never heard of. But I will say this on Gaz's table tennis: I can remember um, him showing me a table tennis magazine, which was available nationally, and Gaz's name was printed in there. He was in the top one hundred in the UK. So you got uh, total respect to you on that one, dude. And yeah, not only that I, one.
2: yeah, I did, I did it. I said I did okay, and yeah, I, you you, know, I played some sort of county, you know, county juniors and county seniors and stuff, and did okay, got some sort of national, pretty nationally ranked and stuff. And that was my main sport, really, my main winter oh, sport. Yeah. I played a I cricket I, during the summer then pretty much tail tennis during the winter really but did like I say played local leagues a couple of nights a week played sort of, Pottery's League which back in the day was a real good standard I don't know what it's like now but a real good standard um, we had you know we had guys ranked well actually we had a guy called Steve Slater who was ranked I think top 10 top 20 in the country and he he played local leagues and stuff we got loads of guys representing county and stuff so Real good standard and I played that for, for years. You know, that that's my sport. So
0: You're you also featured in the All Sage's school book as well, and about the sporting <laughs> achievements there. Your your photograph. We shared, we shared it on this podcast. Um, I, yeah, um, I
2: did I did manage to squeak into the All the, the sages. Answers. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um so yeah, um, you know, Desmond Douglas was, was a hero of mine when I was growing up, but just didn't just didn't quite get there, if you know what I mean. But sweetness was was just oh, yeah. sweetness is sweetness is just brilliant.
0: I, I think if I were to include a Chicago Bears player in this list, it would have to be Walter Payton because uh, just a ridiculous talent. And it was a different time, by you know nowadays when you see him diving over the scrimmage line into the touchdown, he scores touchdowns. It was ridiculous.
2: You know, what I mean, he was ridiculous. He, he, was, just, he was just, he just, oozed, he just oozed class. That lich, he just oozed class and fit for, for the for the NFL lovers amongst us. um even, even I say even Tiddy and Shiner, Obviously, one, one's a cheesehead, you know. So even, even the cheesehead would have to admit that <laughs> sweetness was was was, was pretty That'd class. So. Um, but yes, yeah, so he, he was my number three. So um, I don't want to ruin and go two and one because I'll let somebody else talk about their perhaps number three or whatever, and I'll leave my two and one till till a little bit. So um, so yeah, crack on, boys. But
1: Ad, have you got Gaz as number three? Or?
2: I am. I haven't got guys <laughs> as number three now. No,
0: I haven't shockingly enough, but the player I picked, and I haven't done him any particular order to be honest. It's just three sporting guys who I totally, totally respect. So I'm going to pick. I, I'll give you a, a guy who played for the Arsenal. So we're talking about football or soccer if you're listening in the US. And it was a gentleman I've mentioned a few times on the podcast by the name of Thierry Henry. And, and for me. It, it was a tough choice as to whether to put him in because there's another strike crew play for Arsenal by the name of Ian Wright, who I absolutely love. But I put Henri in just a little bit ahead of him, even though that Wright he absolutely personifies passion and his love for the Arsenal is unquestionable and his love for the English game is unquestionable. I just, Henri, I just enjoyed watching him that little bit more. Go on, guys, I'll let you jump no, in. No I, I
2: no, I just, <laughs> obviously, Wright came slightly before Henry, so I, I sort of, I mean, I knew you were going to go Arsenal, obviously, so I sort of wondered whether or not you might put him in because he got you watching Arsenal and then Henry came along and you were like, wow, or was it, I sort of watched Arsenal a bit and Wright was mint, but then Henry came along and, wow, if you know what I mean, who oh. was the one that, that sort of got you watching Arsenal and enthused about them? I, I, no, it
0: was Ian Wright, and I loved Ian Wright, and I still love Ian Wright now. But watching Henri, and I still believe he is the best striker to play in that league. I don't think there's been a better striker to to you know. You listen, to Jamie Carragher recently said ah, he's the best. Shot, that yeah, it is. Yeah, and, you, and and if you disagree with me, by all means, at me on on Twitter or wherever. I won't read it. I won't unless it's you saying, "Damn it, dude, yeah, you're right. He was awesome." But Henri, for me, it was. It, and, and and actually, when you look at it, who had the better goals? Per game ratio, out of righty and Henry. who was it?
2: I will probably get right.
0: It was it was right. It was yeah. A, it, yeah it was a goal every one point five five games, where it was Arne is one point six four nine. But Henry holds the records. He played a little bit longer. Yeah. Um. Uh, but yeah. He yeah he, he you know he had the record two hundred and twenty eight goals for Arsenal, hundred seventy five league goals. Uh, he holds our record for the most goals scored in Europe, forty two. Uh, 35 Champions League goals is the most scored um, and has been named you know, by many as the greatest striker to play in the league.
2: I think I think the difference between, from a non-Arsenal fan, the difference between Wright and Henry was that Wright was a goal scorer. That's what he did. Came alive in the box. That sort of fox in the box, that poacher, that Gary Lineker type player, if you know what I mean. You know, He wouldn't score many Absolute belters from 20 25 yards or whatever. He literally was a goal poacher. Whereas Henri he's probably got more to his game than Ian Wright. If you know what I mean, he he influenced the game in more ways, he could do more things than Ian Wright. And I'm and I'm not dissing Ian Wright, I love Ian Wright, absolutely love Ian Wright, love his passion, love his enthusiasm for the game. But Henri just offered so much more. Like, and him and Burkamp were were just outrageous. Like absolutely. absolutely outrageous, both
0: of them. But... Well, Bur Burkham's another one. I, you know, I toyed with including, to be honest, yeah. because he was he was just phenomenal. And again, didn't score as many goals as, as the two of them, certainly not per game. But the amount he created and the, and the chances he created just ridiculous. And yeah. and you know, being an Arsenal fan, that was that was our golden era. That was our golden era. We hark yeah. back to.
2: Yeah no I've, yeah I, and and it doesn't surprise me you you, you put him in you, you talk about football and you can't not put him in you know as an Arsenal fan you just can't not put him in it's a bit like me you know not mentioning an Everton guy from the 80s you know that was your era that was your team oh, 100%, Invincibles yeah. and all of that sort of thing you know it was like
0: well, not, not only the Invincibles he was a world cup winner he won yeah. the euros and he went on to yeah. win the champions league with barcelona
2: Yeah
1: fantastic
0: yeah, class. player
2: yeah
1: class class have you seen the um, Gary Neville i can't remember what it's called it it's not soccer box is it? i can't figure what it's called but basically he gets different footballers on each week he's eddie yeah, it might Knight. be soccer
2: box dude it might be called
1: that yeah. yeah yeah and yeah he, he, the Thierry re one was quite interesting because he's 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 quite an intelligent person as well so he says like in a split second they'd be like well the keeper's here there's a defender there i would have to curl it round." and it's all like like that sort of that's he's processed it and stuff yeah Like really really clever player yeah. I think if he was you- playing now, he would be 30, 40 goals a season. Yeah, oh, easy. He would. Yeah, he would. He would. And that and like you say,
0: that's the thing, you know, back in the day when defenders were defenders he, he, it still scored the amount of goals that he scored. It was ridiculous. And like you say, his placement and his mind, he was he was so many steps ahead of the game. It's just phenomenal to watch. Don't get me wrong, he had those games which, right, he didn't, to be fair. He had those games where he really could not be arsed and he just did not feel like playing. But then he had games when he was absolutely unstoppable. And I can remember a game that he played away at Portsmouth where literally the whole of the, he, I forget how many goals he scored, he might have scored four goals that day. And the whole of the Portsmouth end was just chatting his name because, the, you know, yeah. they knew they were watching a world class yeah. talent. You know, they, they, we just smashed them. F- you know, five, six, one, I mean, it totally destroyed him. And the away
2: fans were, you but know, was it, it the was guy's weird because like Wenger bought him. Wenger bought him. Wenger bought him. And, but didn't he buy him as like a left winger or something? He, he, I'm sure he bought him as like, was it like a winger? Or didn't He didn't buy him as an out and out striker, did he or something? He was, he
0: was, he was played as a winger then, you know, um, Wenger brought him in and said, you know, you are going to play up front. And he wasn't convinced he did. It took seven yeah. games to, yeah. till he scored his first goal for Arsenal. Which, interestingly enough, it took seven games before Bergkamp scored his first goal for, for Arsenal as well. But that was the thing about Wenger. You know, he saw the talent. He knew the player. Yeah. It was yeah. the same year. We look at the likes of Nicholas and Alka. He, he yeah. bought for, what, 250,000 pounds? Half a million
2: sold him for... 20 million or whatever it was, oh, 34 30 30 30 million, million or whatever it was back yeah, in the 32 day, 32
0: yeah. million he's holding for, yeah. and that was the thing with Wenger. He you know, he recognized what the player could do, not so much in the defense, but going forward, he knew what the players could do. <laughs> no, uh, uh, he knew what Arnery, you know, and the idea was Arnery and, and Alka played together, that's what he wanted. Unfortunately, you know, and Alka was a you know, he didn't want to he didn't want to play those games, yeah, Le Sulk <laughs> indeed. So, imagine <laughs> that, imagine that, those two guys playing together,
1: that would have been phenomenal,
2: yeah, no, absolutely, yeah.
1: No, brilliant.
2: Go on then, Andy, go on, give us one of yours then.
1: Uh, to keep it football-related then, uh, i I put Paul Scholes. Now, I did have Beckham and Keane on my list, but I just thought Paul Scholes for me was just, uh, um, I don't know, more tuned to me being ginger. <laughs> <laughs> Paul,
2: Paul Scholes is class, like It's it, it interesting.
1: I, I just like it. I like him mostly just for that. It was just no nonsense. He, you know, he, he turned up, trained, played the game, but he's never in the news for like, you know, like sleeping with old age pensioners or you know, like asking for more money and all this <laughs> like rubbish. He's yeah. just like love football and he loved the club and it's like yeah. that's. Well, Roy Keane was exactly the same as well. But I mean, like, poor Um Well, he scores goals, but uh, and obviously and not it's as prolific.
2: Because you look at. That, that golden era of the English England team, and you look at a photo and think like of the line up and mid 90s, whatever it was, and you think, How did we not win something with that side? Like, seriously. So, you've got a different podcast, but just off the top of my head, maybe you've got like Ashley Cole left back, you've got like Saul Campbell, Tony Adams center half, Gary Neville right back, you've got like Beckham, Gerard, Scholes. And then Vampire Joe involved. Cole, Rooney, Owen, and you're just like, that, like, how do we not win anything with that? Do you know what I mean? Emil Heskey, don't forget. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> why we do <didn't> it. <laughs> yeah, <that's>... <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Emil, if you're listening. Uh, well, they, they kept playing
1: um, skulls on the wing, and it's like, and that,
2: yeah, he's, he's he played he on the left, run. didn't
1: he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I think, I think if he was, was like a deep lying playmaker, and then you have the other two can you know run around and do
2: what yeah. they do. Yeah, but was, but he um, wasn't because I think it, almost he was one of the last box to box midfielders because you don't get them now. You're either a defensive midfielder or an attacking midfielder. And, and he was back in the day, he could do both. And and he I actually think he was probably better than Gerard and Lampard. But they seem to put Gerard and Lampard in the middle and that age old conundrum or can Gerard and Lampard play together. Well, actually, you should have fudged one of them off and put Skulls in the middle because he was mint that guy, like genuinely. And I don't know whether you you know this, um, Andy. The the one of the one of the Italian um, owners, and it must have been mid to late nineties. And it was like I can't for life remember whether it's like Juventus or AC Milan or or Inter Milan or whatever it was. And he said one of his biggest regrets in his footballing career is not signing Paul Scholes. And this was back in the days, like Inter Milan or AC Milan, or he would like giants of your. And he literally said, like Paul Scholes was like the best. And when you talk about um, Andrea Perlo, people like that, they who have played against, and they, who who's the best midfielder played against Paul Scholes, Paul Scholes, Paul Scholes. and that just talks volumes about what what he was like to play. He was just phenomenal, phenomenal. It wasn't the
1: same um, like manager around saying how much it would take. For me to buy you
2: to bring you here, and he turned around saying he got to, you got to buy United or something like. That. Yeah, probably was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what it cost me like to buy United or something? But yeah, it's probably the same guy. But he said it was like it, one of his biggest regrets was not effectively not signing him because, mm. and that just shows you the I say the the you know the the respect he had in the game effectively. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, absolutely, that's a great shot, Andy, because he was he was minty and again he's not. I'm a bit older than you, so he wouldn't be somebody that I would look at growing up. But he's somebody that when I was, you so we was around what mid nineties, so I'd be like twenty or whatever, you know. So he was around when I was loved football, and I loved that Invincibles versus the United. That era of those two going at it, it, it would just class. Um, but yeah, good shout. Out that is kid. That that scores is decent. Very very. Well, back, back round to you now as well, isn't it? Yeah, so I'll go number two then. I'll go. Um, I'll I'll go in both them for number two. He used to play for Scunthorpe, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> centre off, good good old Division Two centre off. <laughs> and again, you know, people that know me, I played cricket pretty much every weekend from the age of twelve till the age of whatever it was, you know, and it, it he literally was. I suppose he's a bit, and I'm not causing any, you know, I'm not I'm not disparaging both of them, but he's like the Flintoff back in the day. You know, people love Freddie Flintoff and they love that character. Back in the day, both of them was just, everybody wanted to be him. He wasn't necessarily the best bowler and he wasn't necessarily the best batsman. He was an all rounder, but just some of the antics he got up to and everybody wanted to be Ian Botham. And he's obviously gone on to be a, you know, he's a sir, he's a, you know, he's a, he's a member that is he the House of Lords or whatever he is he, you know he's a he's a proper proper sportsman back in the day loved the guy and he obviously has done loads of charity and stuff as well you know and he obviously works hard in punditry and stuff but growing up you know every young lad that played cricket wanted to be both of them they that was who they wanted to be and and him I, for me was just brilliant and
0: he also tweeted a picture of his cock. Although they claimed afterwards, it wasn't mine, which is
2: probably more troubling. <laughs> but again, the story, you know, there's just some photos of him and it, it's a bit like the old George Best, you know, he's like, I spent a lot of my money on, like, is it fast women, fast cars or whatever, and then I wasted the rest or whatever the famous quote was. But that was a bit like both of you, just like, Photos of him here, there, and everywhere, and he, he, he just like what a lad, you know. Back in the day, what a lad, what a life he led. But you know, he had the hearts of the nation, and he had Botham's ashes, and you remember Botham's ashes, and you know, he was smashing the Aussies all over the place. And then Bob Willis cleaned up with the, an eight for in in the last innings and stuff, so brilliant, you know. Just growing up, he, he I, I watched to just be in Botham, that, that's who you know, playing cricket, that's who I wanted to be. Um, so he, he, he got. Number two on my list, really. That you
0: know. No, I've got to be honest. Not being a cricket fan, I don't know anything about his sporting achievements, whether he won a lot or not. It, I do, I do know like he was a captain of a uh, question of sport, but mainly I know him for his charity work and, yeah. his, and his walks from like John O'Groats to Land's yeah, John End, That's or, his favourite. John
2: O'Groats to Lands End or whatever it was, and he, he was in an era where England. We had very, very good players, but didn't really win loads, if you know what I mean. Um, however, his individual sporting achievements were, were, were fantastic. I mean, at one point, he was the world's leading wicket-taker. Um, Sir Richard Hadley actually overtook him, who was a New Zealand guy. He, he was another all-rounder, but he, he overtook him. Um, but his wicket tally, he's still the top... Is he in the top two, top three England wicket-takers of all time. I think Jimmy Anderson's now gone... Just gone past him and stuff, but you know he literally is like his numbers were were and again it's that longevity there and he played for a long time so his numbers were, were brilliant. Um Scored loads of test match runs, test match hundreds and some, some very famous ones. I say he was all rounder, so he he would come in and bat at number six, number seven, something middle order. Um But he he effectively held the sort. Of, he was a talisman. And again, you look at some sports teams and they'd have a talisman, a bit like a Flintoff in cricket or a, a Kevin Peterson or somebody like that, a Darren Garth or a, uh, I'm trying to think, like a, a, currently like a Josh Butler or somebody like that, If for those cricket fans out there. Um, he, he was a talisman. If he played well, England would win. If he didn't have a good game, they wouldn't play, you know, they wouldn't win. He was that type of player. Um, but I, I, every single young lad that played cricket, in in the sort of early eighties, mid eighties, they wanted to be in both them. That's who they wanted to be. So he, he got number two on my list. And I wanted to be in both them. Uh, that's who I wanted to be. I wanted to go out and bowl fast and hit loads of sixes and drink lots of beer. And that's who I wanted to be. Just top top bloke. We did half of that. <laughs> you drank plenty. <laughs> A third of that. I drank lots of beer. Yeah, didn't <laughs> yeah. hit loads of sixes. did didn't take loads of whiskey, but I drank loads of beer. So that's one out of three ain't bad, I suppose. <laughs>
1: About
0: you, at num- number two. Well, number two, I'm, I'm going to pick one from the other, the other sporting team then that I, that I support, and that's the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, we chatted when we when we talked about doing this episode, and the, the natural assumption would be that I picked Ben Roethlisberger. Now, I thought about I thought about chucking him in there because you know he's he's taken us to three Super Bowls and he's won two of them, but arguably not the best quarterback that's ever played for the Steelers in terms of Terry Bradshaw. One four. You can't you can't take anything away from that. So there's two players really that when I started watching the Steelers that really sucked me in and got me sup- really, you know, no, I guess. Bl- I'll
2: just give you the I'll give you the initials. One Go of them
0: on. was T P. Yeah, Troy Polamali. Absolutely. Number 43. Yeah, playing on the defense, probably not the most not the most fashionable position to play, but this guy. Was ridiculous to watch. If you, when we talk about Walter Payton and his the way his athleticism, it was the same with Troy Polamalu. His sacks were ridiculous. He was another one who would literally you watched him and his time and his diving over the line of scrimmage to take the quarterback down. He did it so many times that it was ridiculous. And I was amazed when I read that he'd only intercepted it in his career thirty two times, which is a lot. Don't get me wrong; it's a lot yeah, of the interceptions. Works. You know, over those thirteen year, uh, eleven years, sorry, that he played, but some of them were absolutely ridiculous. The diving one handed catches, and, and I always remember, like he, I forget which game it was, but he caught it one handed and then jumped up and and he started running in for a touchdown, and Mike Tomlin. Basically, took the mecky out of him after the game, sort of saying, you know, like like he was going over and celebrating it with Tom, and it's like, yeah, but why did you start running sideways? Because let's
2: you watch him, he'll run sideways <laughs> across the field just to get there. It the was thing, the, the thing with Troy as well, though, is that, like, in a way, because of his hair, you couldn't sort of miss him. Did you know what I mean? Like, you knew he was there, and he's got this big shock of hair and stuff coming out of the back of it. He, 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 he was a shout, and he was a. So, sort of looking at the 80s Bears team, so you got Mike Singletary, um, Sean Gale, as the defense, the Bears team in the 80s were built around their defense, and you got the safeties, so you got Singletary and, and, um, and Sean Gale. And it, Troy was like that. It, he, yeah. he literally was like, You ain't coming past me, Sunshine. You can do whatever you want, then you ain't passing. It's like That's, Gandalf the, You shall not <laughs> pass other. You know what I mean? Literally, he's just like, You ain't coming past me.
0: Oh, that's it, and the, and the strangest thing about Paul Maldini is on the field he was ridiculously aggressive. You know, he he, he played fair, but he was aggressive. and yeah. you watched interviews and after he was literally the most laid-back, <laughs> inoffensive guy you could ever meet in your life. He was just friendly and kind, and, and yeah, absolute absolute legend. And unsurprisingly, you know, when he was nominated for the Hall of Fame in twenty twenty, he was in first draft. No questions about it.
2: No yeah. questions about it. Yeah, no me. good. That's a good shot, and and. and I sort of thought you might go, Big Ben, but when you said you weren't going to go, I thought hey, it has to be. Yeah. It has to well,
0: be again, Paul Marlowe, what he won two Super Bowls. He was an eight-time Pro Bowler, and uh, he was the Defensive Player of the Year in 2010. And for me, one of those, it's one of those players where the Defensive Player of the Year they don't always get the credit they deserve. All, it always no. tends to be the quarterback or the wide receiver. Yeah, 100. You know, The 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 win that player of the year, defensive player of the year, always. Some of them deserve to be kicked up a notch. And and Paul Marlowe is another
2: one. I read something, and it's a weird twenty four hour theory. And it was either Ray Lewis or Lawrence Taylor, was it? Who was the last defensive MVP? Was it Mm. Super Bowl MVP? Because effectively, it's the quarterback or. It yeah. either goes to quarterback always. or wide receiver, always, effectively. Yeah, 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 But I, I, I want to say it was Lawrence Taylor now. I might be wrong, but I'm, I'm pretty
0: sure when the Steelers did it, it was it was Roethlisberger and Heinz Ward were the two that that, that won it.
2: yeah. So, but it always goes to you know it's like Brady or Mahomes or you know it's always the the star guy sort of thing. And and as you say, I think a lot of the time the defensive guys they get a bit of a rough deal, don't they, at mm. times because. They do equally as good a job, you yeah. know. So, but there, uh, Troy's a shout there, dude. He, yeah, that's 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 a decent shout. Yeah, I love Paul Mala. I love Paul Mala,
0: and, and he's one of those one of those players now that I can happily sit and watch his highlight reel. That yeah. my wife was talking to the other day, and she was talking about something. I even know what it was. He said, Are "You listen to me?" He's like, "No, no, look, <laughs> look at this. Look what I'm watching on my phone." <laughs> she was unimpressed, but it was
1: worthwhile. <laughs> No, but
2: go then, Andy. Go and you shout out one of yours. Then, Uh
1: So this would be my NBA player, uh, Vince Carter.
2: Oh, so, okay. okay. Was not the guy I was thinking of, but yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah um, I think f- f- for basketball, I, I tend to follow people rather than teams. Yeah. And when he was at, um, but I always think, remember like the two thousand, the two thousand uh, dunk contest, and he's well, he's. For me, the best ever dunker that's ever ever lived. Um, but then there's like the the All Star game as well. He's just just a beast. I think it was that year he, he dunked it over like a six foot ten player, and it just wow. jumped over him and dunked it. He's just a phenomenal player. Uh, and he, he only retired last last year as well, maybe because of COVID. But uh, he's playing for the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, 22 seasons he did as an NBA player. So he's like in his forties. Like, I, I can't even, I'm, I can't even run around that much. I'm in the thirties, like let alone like top level NBA style. But like it's just just incredible player. I think for me it's always because he's, he's sort of laid back. But like I always remember some of his buzzer beaters. Like half a second left and he's on the halfway line. something, they throw the ball to him, just smashes a three in, from like a like a deep three and it's just like just just incredible. Sort of like on really a Thierry Henry basketball I always felt. Yeah, he's just dead smooth and just knew what he was doing. But um, there was obviously comparisons for him uh, between Kobe and Michael Jordan, and, and I think a lot of people were saying like he didn't train as hard and he do not make use of his talent and stuff like that. But I don't know. I I wonder whether he was, you know, I I hoped to, that he was achieving everything he could achieve,
2: and not from laziness. <laughs> but yeah, VC for me. No. <laughs> I wonder whether or not, because I, I wonder whether you were going to go Kobe, because that's who I thought you were going to go with. I thought he was going to go with Kobe as well. You know, when we sort of started about NBA, that's who I thought you were going to go with. And then I thought, well, I pretty much knew it wasn't going to be Shaq or whatever, but I, I did think Kobe might be one. But again, he was one that would be like the buzzer beater, you know, he'd be the, the, the guard, the point guard, the, the shoot, you know, you get it to him. You've got like one and a half seconds left, get the ball in play, run a screen, get the ball to... Carter, Kobe, Jordan, just, and effectively, you know, the responsibility that rests on those individuals, and I know it's a team sport, but you've got half a second to effectively go into your routine for shooting, and as long as that ball leaves your hand within the half a second, it can be in midair and that's fine, as long as the shot is off, but the absolute responsibility, I remember Jordan hitting one years ago, and he was in the Playoffs, and it literally, I think, Bulls uh, were down by like a point or something. And you've got a one and a half seconds left, and the ball gets inbound, and Jordan shoots it, and it proper is a, it might have been against the Indiana Pacers, I think. And Reggie Miller at the time was like, I'm as good as Jordan, all this lot. And, and he'd proper give it like a proper celebration, he's like whooping and a hollering down. And it's just, and it's, but the responsibility of on these guys is incredible, absolutely incredible.
0: I have to say I am not a huge I'm not a huge basketball fan to be honest. I used to watch it years ago, like when you got Jason Kidd playing for the Nets and Tim Duncan playing for San Antonio Spurs. Um and I, I enjoyed it then. I've got into it a little bit recently, watching a little bit of the Thunder, but it's it's not it's not a sport on a huge, huge amounts about, if I'm really honest.
2: I, I went through a phase of watching, like, a lot. I, I, I say sort of late 80s, early 90s. I, I proper got into American sports. I loved the Bears, loved the Bulls, um, watched a bit of baseball, a bit of ice hockey, really. But it, they were all the Chicago teams, you know, um, the Sox and the... the I don't watch them, Is it the Red Wings or whatever? Chicago Blackhawks, Hawk, Black are they ice hockey worthy or whatever? So, but Bulls and Bears were... were Two that obviously I watched a lot. Um, and have you and seen the um, mentioned... that uh last dance? Oh, classmate, yeah. I think we we might have we mentioned, I don't know if we mentioned it on a previous podcast, but that is excellent, like, like very, very, very good. Um, yeah. and just some of the um, un, not unsung guys, but some of the guys that you know, did the, the, the guys that don't get the highlight reels like Jordan and that lot, but just brilliant and obviously <laughs> you, you know you look at Jordan yeah brilliant Scotty Pippen I think was treated pretty poorly really by by the, the Bulls and there's a couple of other guys that you think but it might be a whole different podcast Dennis Rodman is just, just brilliant That he's just brilliant that guy and if you watch The Last Dance it's, it is brilliant Rodman is class just absolutely class
1: he, he was going to be on my list as well, but uh i I, I, I need his VC. <laughs> I, I think Rodman just sort of I, I when I play basketball I'm sort of like a defensive player.
2: Yeah.
1: And he, he sort of I always try to have his sort of go at things, sort of thing. You yeah, know, he just like you know, give everything you can for defence and it's like Yeah he, he just took it that extra level I thought like it's amazing. When he when he kept his head in a game, he just wind everyone up when he like yeah.
2: Knock him he knew over. exactly Stop what he was right, doing, right. but I'll get under your skin and while I'm doing it, you sort of think. No, he's brilliant. Yeah. It was tiger print hair. <laughs> <laughs> literally just brilliant, yeah. And and again, but half off, off the stories about Rodman were like, what's he got up to in between the games? Here you know, he's got off to Vegas and had like a three day bender in Vegas, so everyone wasn't is he gonna be he, he was almost
0: more, like... more famous off the field, wasn't he, than on the field, was Yeah, no,
2: absolutely. But but I suppose you 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 know what you're gonna get and I suppose you, you know, the Bulls were one of those franchises that possibly could have dealt with it and did deal with it because they were like, okay, he might be doing that off the field. And was it Phil Jackson at the time? Was probably pulling his hair out, sort of saying, like, well, my God, what's this guy doing? But actually, on the field, he delivered. And on the, you know, on the court, he delivered. And you can't argue with that, you know? So, yeah, they got what they wanted out of him. Like, this defensive player to get the ball to him.
1: Yeah. He did that. Oh give defensive a player. Yeah, for, for a number <laughs> no of years, you're right.
2: What you gonna do when they shoot, if they miss, you get it, you give it to Jordan. At that end of, just, just do that <laughs> sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? That's what he did. It's like fair play. You, you know you're rolling, you know your your need happy days. So, so, so I'm, gonna go for my, on, uh, I'm gonna go i am I'm gonna go find number one now, kid, because this guy was he, and it might surprise you really, because you'll you'll know who he is, but whether or not you think he was here, man but my number one was a guy was Nick Faldo. Um obviously I played a lot of golf when I was a kid growing up and stuff and I, when I when I was growing up and this guy was world number one. He he, he won I don't know, 30, 40 odd tournaments sort of around the world. Uh, he'd he'd won the British Open, which is one of the four golf majors, he'd won the British Open three times, he'd won the US Masters, the Green Jacket Three times, I was proper gutted for him because twice he he effectively came runner up in the other two. So the U.S. Open, the U.S. PGA, U.S. Open, his best result was second, and the U.S. PGA tied second. So he's like effectively one place away from winning the the, the sort of slam. Um, but he, he, the reason I liked him was he, he was pretty decent, but. He realized he wasn't perhaps going to get to world number one. And he, he, he reinvented himself and he went away and he completely rebuilt the swing. He gaggled David Ledbetter, sort of rebuilt the swing. And then he got to world number one. And he stayed at world number one, I think, for 90 odd weeks, 97 odd weeks or so. But growing up, he was, he obviously was a guy who I saw a lot. And, and he won. he won a major in four consecutive years, which not many people can do. Um, so he won I think so the I think he won the open in eighty seven. He won the oh, or was it eight or oh, might have tied second in eighty eight and then he won one in 1991 90, or something. So do you know what I mean? So in terms of consistency over that five, six, seven year period, just unbelievable. Um and he was some pretty minging Pringle jumpers, I, I, I remember. Them. Back in the day, but everyone thought they're dead fashionable. But you look back now, you're like, oh, eighties fashion. No, not very good. Um, but he, he was—he was the one that he again. I talked about both. And when I was playing cricket, I wanted to be him. When I was playing golf, I wanted to be Nick And I literally, he—he I, I, he was pretty ice cool on the course and nothing. He was pretty unflappable and all of that sort of thing. And but growing up, strangely, if you said to me like, who was your number one spot here? It's him. I genuinely loved. Nick Faldo, genuinely loved him, and I wanted to be that guy growing up.
0: See, out of the three you have named tonight, I would have put Walter Payton. I would have thought he would have been your number one.
2: Yeah, no, Nick. Honestly, dude, Nick, Nick Faldo was was a guy who I I, I say idolized. I, I wanted to be that guy. I wanted to travel the world. I wanted to play golf. I wanted to be a professional golfer, and I wanted to be exactly like Nick Faldo. That's who I to be you know, and I'm just looking at you. so he won, two so won the Open in '87, he then won the Masters in '89, he won the Masters and the U.S. Open in '90, he won the Open in '92, he tied second the PGA in '92, you know, so for that, as I say, for that five, six, seven year period, he was literally like. Just the best English golfer around, and I'd like say he was ranked world number one for, for for over a couple of years and stuff. And he's just like, I just want to be that guy. He's obviously in the World Golf Hall of Fame and all of that sort of stuff. So yeah, he, he for me was number one. So, a bit of a shock, really. Bit of got you know golf perhaps somebody that you wouldn't necessarily expect, but I wanted to be that guy. Simple as that. Fair yeah. play. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, say so, he, he's season number one for me. This was... Yeah, you know, other people. That, as I say notable mentions, but he—he he was the one. He's number one.
1: Nice for my time, but I do know the name.
2: Uh, yeah, he, he does a lot of obviously. He, he's Sir Nick Faldo now, obviously, and he does. He he, work, he, he lives in um, he lives in America now, and he, he does a lot for is it NBC or whichever or CBS, whichever the sports channel he, he's with, and he he obviously does a lot of sort of commentary and stuff. But um, and he's obviously got various golf academies open here and there and everywhere but yeah, you know, as I say when I was growing up, so born in 73, so by the mid 80s, you know, 85, 86 I'm sort of you know, 13 years old or whatever, so wanting to play golf, playing a bit of golf who was golf on, who was mint on TV, it was him, so that's who I wanted to be, yeah Power play Yeah Oops. I'd say we got number one
0: well, he's not necessarily number one, he's not necessarily number two, and he's not necessarily number three, but he's definitely in my top three sporting icons, and he's an NFL player, and I'm willing to bet you probably didn't think I was going to put him down, so plays the NFL, Where's the number 99 jersey, who are you thinking I'm thinking? Probably the most famous 99 for the Steelers is Kiesel. Okay, but well, I've, well, I've not gone for Kesel. I've gone for a. Uh, <laughs> I've gone for the only what brother not to play for the Steelers. Oh, okay, fact, he's actually now playing for the the, the Southern Steelers, the Cardinals, where uh, basically once the Steelers are done with their players, we send them down there. Sorry, James Connor, I don't mean anything by that, but there's quite a few. So yeah, he's from Wisconsin. So guys, you'll be pleased. He's not he's pleased to know he's not a cheesehead, but. Ever since I saw this guy on um, the, the NFL show, where they—I forget what it's called—where they watched the season from the training to the start, and I and I watched. I've always been a big fan of JJ Watt because he is for Undis- me
2: he,
0: not, uh, um, not undiscovered. What's it called? Not undiscovered. Not un, no, 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 no. Um, School of I, hard knocks. Hard knocks. Oh, exactly. no, that's that's the one. It, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. the one. So I watched, I watched the the Houston Texans featured on that, and there's some big. There were some big name players in that in that team back then when they featured. But JJ Watt, I've him, and he is. He's been Dep- defensive player of the year a number of times. He's in the hundred club. He sacked. You know, he sacked a hundred times quarterbacks, and this guy would turn up first thing in the morning. He was there before anybody else, and then would train. And then he was the last player off the field because he'd stay and he'd train and he'd train his moves. And then once he was leaving the field, he would make time for every fan who had stayed there, and he would sign something for them, say hello. To, and I've never seen anybody as professional as this guy. And what what really what really sort of it, it stuck to me is if you remember when Hurricane is it Hurricane Harvey when it hit uh, Houston and literally wiped yeah. out the city, he 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 jumped online. And he said, "I want to raise two hundred thousand dollars for this, you know, for the hurricane support." And in fact, I want to raise it so badly, I'm going to took in hundred thousand dollars of my own money. Wow! And not, yeah, exactly. And he stayed online for something like thirty-six hours. And by the time he finished, he'd raised thirty-four million. Wow! Okay. And so when you're talking about when you're talking about a Walter, Walter Payton, a Walter Payton uh, Man of the Year award, obviously yeah. he's won that. No, he's never won the Super Bowl. I don't think the Texans have ever won a Super Bowl. But when I look at somebody who personifies professionalism, I look at JJ Watt. And, you know, there was talk about uniting the Watt brothers at Pittsburgh that, you know, he's going to come and join TJ and Derek. And I, I was praying for that time. You'd was, love that. It, I would, I would. And, you know, don't get me wrong. He's, you know, he's in his, you know, sort of 31, 32. He's at the tail end of his career now in terms of NFL. You know, he's played for, you know, 10 years or so with with Texas and he's just gone aside with the Cardinal. But I would have loved to see him come and play because that is somebody I absolutely respect more than anybody else playing in the NFL today. And that's anybody who plays for the Steelers. Don't get me wrong. I love his brother, TJ. I love Trent Jordan as well. And it was so much so so that when, when Kim said she wanted to call our son, Jacob and then we would we were toying our ideas for a middle name. So so he was he was, was gonna be Jacob Thomas and then said, Well, um my mum's dad was Joseph. It's like, Yeah, Jacob Joseph, we've gotta call him. exactly we've gotta call him JJ. So I joke I joke that he's named after JJ McClaw. From Smokey and uh, from um, uh, Cannonball Run, sorry, Bert Reynolds' character, but he's not. It's for me. When when we talk about it, it was it was. I was thinking about JJ Watt in my mind when we were naming our son. Absolutely, one hundred percent. I love JJ
2: Watt. That's a shout, dude! It is, and and you just just going through some of the things that you've done on the field and then off the field, and that's a lot of the time. That's what makes sports people sort of stand out isn't it is you know that there's a number of people that perform admirably on the pitch but it's what they do and that's why you know sweetness was was there for me as well is that and, and you know for Dick to say similar to what you've just said Ad, you know the, the contributions that they make and I know lots of sports people do and sometimes sports people get a bit of a bad rep but Lots of sports people do lots of good things in their communities and people open up schools and, you know, there's, there's um, premiership footballers now that, you know, in, in their home countries, they go and they, they, they've opened up schools and they educate kids and all that sort of thing. And, and, but when you just talk those numbers that you've just spoken about there, dude, is like, it's a bit like, say, a how's the back? your neck. you think, you know, for that guy to make that much difference to so many people oh. is just, just, Phenomenal, isn't it? You know, and I, and I don't doubt they will do exactly the same in Arizona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair shout, that is. Yeah, fair shout. So, was your, was your one, two, three? NF all NFL. No,
1: Henry. Two,
2: two, NFL. Oh, Henry, Henry, two NFL. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on, then, Andy. Go on. Who was who, yours then? Uh, is
1: basically. Uh well I was just gonna say Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> 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 I was gonna like build him up then I thought now nah, oh, okay, yeah. yeah
2: okay Mr. Universal no, Okay,
1: okay yeah. yeah. Mr. Universal whatever it is and all that. I think um it yeah, you know, he, he started at a time when it wasn't popular. And so all the healthy eating and all that sort of you know, how to train and all that, he sort of like helped kickstart especially like the film um was it? Oh, I forgot what it's called now. Iron, summer iron. I've forgotten it. Pumping iron. There we go. Oh, right. yeah, 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 yeah. And it's sort all of like just propelled bodybuilding, and obviously that's defined his, his his film career as well. But when he was like um, married to his his first, well, I say first his his Mrs. He um, what was he he implemented like fitness tests in schools and stuff like across oh, America. Okay. And he's like pump well, just chasing for it to be a standard thing for everyone to be healthy to a degree. Yeah. And uh I think it's just for me it's I don't know, He's he's, he's he, growing up for all his films like from a young kid as well, so that's how I know him. And you look back at all his training stuff, it's like wow, it's incredible life. He's had from being in Austria to the army to training in Germany to moving to America to train and Becoming More a governor, grand. yeah, governor yeah. of California. Well, yeah. <laughs> exactly. yeah, that
2: ain't a bad deal if you can get it, you know what
1: I mean? <laughs> well, I think he's just like, you know, he's he's just a. I mean, you can take his personal uh, misdemeanors, like, as as you will, like illegitimate kids and all that, but other than that, he's just like a general, all
2: round. Hey, if our prime minister different. can do that, we, we can't criticize him. <laughs> and to be fair, dude, you know, we, we, we've spoken a lot about this of the demons and the various things that misdemeanors that lots of the people that we've mentioned tonight have made and stuff so you know he's not alone in that, in that category <laughs> is he so you know, uh, yeah. I, I, it doesn't it, it shocked me that you put him as a sportsman mm-hmm. but it doesn't shock me that you've spoken about him <laughs> I'll be honest yeah. I mean because I, I know
1: I look like a highly tuned athlete uh, <laughs> but I <no, laughs> I do um I've always been into weightlifting and stuff like that and, yeah, like he's he's done books on it. He's done films and
2: yeah, just
1: just uh, interesting. I, I think I think we should do it over here where it's sport. You should only be able to leave school if you've passed certain fitness tests. To be honest, obviously there's, there's going to be oh, some I'd variance still, in that. But... I'd still be there now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Is that 12 plus? You can't you can't advance unless you pass your 12 plus. You can't leave school until, until no, you pass your, your leap test or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> i chugging away like this. Bloody hell. <laughs> put me <my> can down. <laughs> oh no, brother. Yeah, I mean, and look, he, again, he's somebody that effectively has reinvent I say reinvented himself. Obviously, he was he was a sportsman, he was a performer, he 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 was a, a Mr. Universe, he then went into films, he's then reinvented himself. He you know, we've just mentioned the governor of California or whatever, you know, he went to politics and all that. So and, and he will have done a vast amount of good in his local communities, wherever, back in his hometown, back in America, you know, in American stuff. So fair play, dude. Yeah, it's a fair shout, that is.
1: Yeah. I, I think one, one anecdote like, I probably will like to share is when he was filming uh, Predator with Jesse Ventura. Yeah. He, um, he was telling the wardrobe people that his arms were slightly smaller than they were by, like, two inches or something like that. He was like, oh yeah, they're like 15 inches or something like that, or 18. And then he had a bet with Jesse on who's got the bigger arms. So like this went on for a couple of months. Like the the, the dressing people were telling Jesse that oh yeah, his arms are only this big, blah, 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 blah. And right at the end of it, like the filming or something like that, he goes, Right, let's have a measure off then and see who's bigger. And like Arnie was like, like five inches bigger or something, like <laughs> 25-inch guns or something like that. And Jesse was like. Yeah, just spite he's done the Buying like cigars and wine or whiskey or something like that. And, yeah, Brilliant. Just, just classic though. imagine telling someone yeah, I've got tiny arms.
0: <laughs> he he was another one the one he Jesse the Body Ventura. He was yeah. a governor of somewhere as well,
2: wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Again, he was he was was he a was he a wrestler of film actor yeah, a wrestler, and then a yeah. governor or something, wherever yeah. he was, yeah. I don't know where I don't know where he was.
0: Governor so is I was going to say think... Minnesota, but I don't think it was. And I'm going to shy away from making that statement, given the problems that they're having there. But I'm sure it was somewhere up north.
2: Yeah, I can't. I don't... Andy's Googling it now, so you'll let us know. <laughs> Minnesota. Oh, there you... dude, knowledge that is. <laughs>
0: can't fault it, dude.
2: Look at that, hey. That's it,
0: yeah. Hey, listen, I'd fail my 12-plus physicals,
2: but i will be there on the general knowledge. <laughs> And absolutely, the, the absolutely irrelevant stuff that you really <laughs> don't need to know. <laughs> I'm there.
1: I'll eat this peanut butter and jelly instead. Oh, <laughs> oh no, come on! That's,
2: <laughs> That's below the belt, that is Funny, so but below the belt.
1: We we are at the hour mark. Do we want to discuss the uh that European League thing, or do we don't? Want to... I think I think it's worth a mention.
0: Is it not?
2: Yeah, I, I'm 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 glad it's sort of fallen by the wayside really. I'm not a I'm not a I wasn't a massive fan and and it's hard because my club weren't involved in it and had they have been would it have been like Ooh, sort of thing but I, I still think I'd have been like you know what nah not not for me.
1: Oh, the original man.
2: premise was just an extra
1: match a week uh of this what? Oh, God, Yeah, European you, Super League was it so it's gonna have like an instead of doing the Champions League, they're going to do this thing every
2: week. Um, but it, but it was, it was, when the Champions League fixtures came around, those clubs wouldn't go into the Champions League fixtures. They would play their own sort of match in this Super League, wasn't it? So, you know, yeah. it, instead of the, the the Champions League, you know, group stages, these clubs were just split into. What would it be? Three groups of four or whatever, and they would just play each other. And yeah. that, and then they would have like a top two or top whatever it was playing off, sort of thing. So I'm not. It, it's like a Champions League. That's <laughs> just yeah, had its format And, but, as and well. it, Yeah, but it, <laughs> it, in theory, yeah, just like the Champions League. Um, I mean, I've just looked at Man City have confirmed that they've formally enacted the procedure to withdraw from the European Super League. So Man City are out. I think Chelsea said they were out earlier. So, uh, I mean, it looks like it possibly isn't. Now, whether or not it ever was, was it just a power play from the clubs or from the... I I, I think more will come out of this. Because for them to not back down so quickly, but it only broke on, what, was it Sunday or whatever? Was it Sunday night? And then for them to have effectively backed down within. What forty eight hours? Okay, yeah, fans have a bit of an influence, but really, like when it you're talking about the Glazers and Abramovich and Sheikh Mansour and all these people own the, the 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 Henry family or whatever. You know, these guys are solidly multi-billionaire negotiators. You know, they You're not telling me that Abramovich is bothered about what the Chelsea fans think. He'll do what he wants. Do you know what I mean? So I, I think there might be something that I don't know. I think there's more to come for this. I think I think there's there's stuff that and I do know. Woodward, Edward, would the is he vice chairman of United, Web. I know he's he's resigned tonight and stuff. But I, I'm I'm gonna not reserve judgment on it cause I'm, I'm I'm glad it's not going to go ahead. But oh, ditto, ditto. Listen, I'm an Arsenal fan, and
0: you know I was disgusted to see our name attached to that. First of all, you know, the six biggest clubs. Okay, maybe we are financially, but are we one of the six biggest clubs? No, we're not. We've been a poor side over the last couple of years. You know, we're not one of those biggest clubs. And I I was watching an interview with Ian Wright, one of the, the guys who didn't make me top three, sort of saying hang on a minute, you know, we, we, he played Inter Milan twice in his career and those are games that he lauded and absolutely remembered. These shouldn't be the mundane fixtures. These, these yeah. shouldn't be something that's played week in,
2: week out. That's just, it's just ridiculous. Those, yeah. those, are, the, those are the games but, you remember. But, you know, was it three years ago, four years ago, whenever it was, Leicester won the Premier League. Uh-huh. So if the Super League Ooh. goes ahead, Leicester win the Premier League they know, don't get but the opportunity to play Barcelona, Real Madrid, into Milan, AC Milan. They don't get that opportunity. Yeah, they might go into the Champions League, but no disrespect to any of the teams, you know, my team including you know, But in the Champions League, you might have Everton, Leicester, West Ham and Wolves or whatever as the next best four clubs or whatever going through from England. And then in Italy, you might have Parma and Napoli and whoever, Roma, you know. So, yes, you're still going to the Champions League, but it won't have Barcelona, Real Madrid, you know, Chelsea, Man United, Man City, you won't have those teams in there. So, what they're basically saying is, is that, okay, these 12 clubs will run our own little league. You can't get relegated. No other team can become involved. And what we'll do is we'll just rip off the fans and rip off the TV and make money.
0: If, mm-hmm. I, I, I'll, I'll say this now: If Arsenal end up in that league, I, I'm done supporting Arsenal. I won't, I won't follow Arsenal in that league.
2: Dude, loads yeah. of people have said that about their various clubs and stuff, haven't they? Um, yeah. And and I know they were saying, was it was it Florentino Perez, was it Real Madrid president? He was, oh, you know, we've we've struggled during these COVID times, and we've lost a bit of money, and we're we're not making any profit. Well, don't pay Gareth Bale four hundred. <laughs> fucking thousand pounds a week, then do you know what I mean? That's why you're <laughs> yeah. properly losing money. And me, the you... Spanish teams in big debt, though, isn't it? Like, oh, yeah, Madrid 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 Barcelona. Barcelona. yeah, they're knackered, aren't they? Um, I, but you look at it, you think, you know, don't pay these players massive wages, and you're on about you losing money. What about likes of berry Is that is gone out of pretty existence? And you look at these League One and League Two clubs that are absolutely just dying on the and and. Look, like him or loathe him, Gary Neville's been brilliant over the last couple of days. If you follow him on social media and he, the interviews he's done on and the punditry he did on Sky and stuff, he's been phenomenal. I know he's a Man United ex-Man United player, Man United fan, but what he had to say about United and Liverpool was spot on, and I mean spot on. Um, and I, I, I genuinely applaud him for. And whether or not it's him or Others like him. I mean, I know James Milner came out last night and said he didn't want to see it, and obviously Clock came out and said he didn't really want to see it, and pretty much um, Guardiola's come out and said he didn't want it either. You know, so obviously all the people that are involved in the game, they've pretty much said they don't want it. So I'm just glad it's not going to happen now, or looks like it is. I, I can't think they're going to substitute two in. Um, I mean, I don't know who the next two are. If you look at Man City, you've said they're going to pull out. Chelsea pulled out. Who are the next two? So West Ham and Leicester, Crystal, right?
0: Crystal Palace. Yeah,
2: Palace and Burnley. Um, you know, think it was just any and Burnley fans out there? But...
1: You think it was just for attention? Because you think the the money that these teams generate is obviously like the Premier League, United, Liverpool, Man City. They they generate a lot of money for the league. Yeah. Um, do you think it was just like saying, "Oh, we want more money"? Uh, bear, bear in mind, the UK is. Well, the Premier League is makes more money than any other league in the world, isn't it not not and from it, like it shirt sales. But I mean, like
2: Premier League or TV rights I mean, I know and all TV that. Actually, I know the government were talking about. Was it some sort of um, tax on these clubs that went into the Super League? But the tax would be equivalent of all of the TV money that they would earn from the Super League type thing. So, you know, it's. I, I just think, I just think fundamentally, it's wrong. And and it goes against the whole principle of the game of football in terms of if you do really well you can get to that higher level and the whole pyramid structure of the game is gone if the Super League goes ahead. Effectively it's like we're just gonna have our own it's our ball and we're gonna play with it and nobody else can, can join us. It it would be based on financial success, not success on the field, and that for me. Nah, yeah. not right. Not right. Actually, yeah, not right. I'm glad it looks like it's yeah. sort of collapsing, whether or not it was all just a power play to say look at what we can do, we can wield this power, give us more money I don't know but I'm glad it looks like it's sort of, well basically Man City and Chelsea I think have pulled out as of tonight so. Well this this episode will drop in about two weeks time so the proof will be in the pudding yeah. by then Yeah yeah, and, and I hope we, we don't have to talk about it again I was going to say that
1: it's interesting that the German teams uh, never signed up for it. No. And, and these are these are teams that charge people like 300 quid for a season ticket and, yeah. you know, 30 quid tickets, whereas yeah. you know, United and all that, like, you're looking at thousands. It's just greed, isn't like, it? These, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think the Bundesliga probably run their clubs better. And I think, for me, a lot of it's the agent's greed as well. You know, like, yeah. um, I don't know if yeah. you looked at the Haaland deal, but... Just, Doing the rounds at the minute of like, you got to buy Haaland for 120 million and then give the Minola or whatever that calls, Raioli, yeah, I mean right, Give him like 20 million and yeah. then give his dad 20 million. It's like, no, you pay for the player, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> well, mm. Where that money goes, I don't care.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. I, 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 the Bundesliga is, is a decent model in terms of the money that they charged fans and I, th- I i'm led to believe it was it psg that also said that they were approaching they said no so fair play to them as well so i think it was psg i think by munich and was it leipzig or dortmund there was another bundesliga club in there but i think basically the, the german clubs and the french club said no, nah, you're all right and um, so fair play fair play to them but yeah let's hope this is the last we sort of talk about it and it's it's never going to happen so, we, PSG. i really
1: hoping for that Champions League
2: title if no one else is in it. <laughs> well, well. At one point, though, they did turn around and say that even though you're at the semi-final stage, or whatever, that they could all be kicked out. So, you know, and whether that's influenced, you know, so was it City and Chelsea, or they in the semi-finals. Whether that's influenced them to think, actually, you know what, we really want the Champions League. Don't know. I don't. It, it, it It's interesting, everybody's talking about it politicians and football fans and this, that you know, government and stuff. But let's hope it sort of dies a death in the nicest sort of way. So, well, on that note, then <laughs>
1: we're, we're well over the hour mark, so we'll probably call it a day, uh, for now. Indeed, so, indeed. Got any goodbyes, anything go around the table?
2: Um, yeah, just really enjoyed it. As I say, I love talking about sport I love talking about the impact sport has on us individually and collectively and stuff so um, I look forward to the next one whatever that may be um, really enjoyed it yeah and
0: I just want to give a quick quote out there from David Rowcastle. it sums up this approach to the, the the European Super League as well it's just something to bear in mind for everybody remember who you are what you are and what you represent
1: could also be a Morrissey quote. Could be, but it isn't. <laughs> uh, and there you go. I think for me, uh, I'll quote another great uh, Asta La Vista, baby. <laughs> <laughs>